Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the WellFit Lab podcast. I am your host, Shia Thousand, your resident wellness expert. And this week, I am excited about this episode because we're talking about gut health. And a lot of women I know struggle with gut health. And I know a lot of people in general, but specifically, I find that a lot of women struggle with this. And the area of gut health that we're going to explore today is Crohn's. And I know quite a few different women in my life who have struggled with or dealt with Crohn's at some point throughout their life. I've known very few people who have had this go into remission. Most have struggled with it most of their lives, and it has gone undiagnosed for most of their lives as a result of the struggle and not having the proper treatment or access to care. So this is a really important episode, and I think that if gut health is something that you struggle with, I really believe that this episode is going to help you bring some insight and clarity to what you may be going through. And today's guest and expert in this area is Dr. Selvi. And Dr. Selvi guides women with Crohn's to regain their gut health and their life holistically using her unique methodology of integrative nutrition, intuitive guidance, and energy healing. Realizing that the answers to healing herself took more than what her medical doctors and her own medical training could offer. Dr. Sylvie successfully explored alternatives to get to remission and beyond for 15 years. I don't think there's a better expert to talk about this right now today. A lot of doctors can treat diseases that they have not had. I think what helps Dr. Selvi be uniquely qualified for this conversation today is the fact that she is actually a medically trained doctor and someone who actually suffered with Crohn's and was able to recognize that she was not getting the treatment that she needed and her training and the doctors whom she went to see were not able to support that. So she started finding and looking for other outlets to support her own recovery and leading to remission for over 15 years. So grab your cup of tea and a pen and paper and join us in the lab for this insightful and informative conversation. My hope and prayer is that today's episode will help you get to where you need in your gut health to either get more information, ask for a second opinion, or get the help that you need through being able to have the language for the conversation with your doctors by listening to today's episode. So I'll see you guys in the lab. Hey there, hope you're enjoying today's episode. Listen, I just wanna let you know, if you are struggling with self-care, I have the perfect resource for you. Did you know that I, Shia Thousand, am also the author of Holding Space for Self? 25 tips for creating a weekly self-care routine. It's important to me that this podcast not only be good for your listening pleasure, but your overall well-being. And this book is a great way to jumpstart your self-care routine today. If you don't know where to start, don't know what to do, this is the book for you. So I want you to go to shyathousand.com right now, grab your copy, and continue to listen to today's episode. Enjoy your wellness journey. Again, don't forget, if you're trying to jumpstart your 
self-care routine and don't know where to start, grab your copy of Holding Space for Self today at shiathousand.com. C-H-E-Y-A-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D.com. All right, now get back into the episode. You don't want to miss these gems we're dropping. All right, I'll see you in the lab. Dr. Sylvie, thank you so much for just being here. I just want to jump right into the today's conversation. And you are a very unique guest to this show. So we are talking about Body Matters, as you know, this season. And this is the first time that we've had an expert dealing with a type of body issue, specifically Crohn's. Um, I would love it if you can share with our listeners um, your journey through um, prior to and then getting diagnosed. Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me, Shia. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting um, journey um, looking back. You know, it's like hindsight is twenty twenty. But um, I was diagnosed all the way in college. But when I look back, I had symptoms all the way in childhood. So I remember having digestive upset. So my parents and family would say, oh, you have a sensitive stomach. So that looked like what they thought were stomach viruses. So either vomiting or bloating or some diarrhea, and then it would get better. And then I had ulcers in my mouth, like these really painful, excruciating ulcers. And I also played the clarinet. So there were times when that got quite interesting and (laughs) couldn't play. Um, and nobody was really able to piece those pieces of the puzzle together. You know, I struggled with energy, um, things like that. You know, my mother used to say, kids tend to have all this energy and they just want to run around and play all the time. And I was like, eh, not so much. So kind of just, you know, going along, going through the motions. Um, and it wasn't until eventually I was in college that I had this bout of diarrhea and it just wouldn't stop. And I was taking over-the-counter medications to stop the diarrhea and get a little better, but it didn't really go away. And then the minute I would stop the medication, it would come back. And this was happening a few times. And it got to the point that I was like, something's not right. This is not what's been happening in the past. And then um, on further conversation, we thought, you know, my family and I thought to actually get it looked at. So we spoke with one of our family friends who is a doctor who decided to run some blood work. And he found that I had high inflammatory markers in my blood. So he's like, okay, clearly there's some sort of inflammation going on. Let's look, look a little bit deeper and see what's there. So then he decided to run a radiologic study. So drinking contrast to highlight you know, what might be inflamed. And he wound up finding if there was inflammation at the end of my small intestine. So then I was like, okay, now for the first time ever, there's something tangible that's happening underneath all of what's been happening. I was like, huh. And I didn't think I was going to get answers at all. But finally, that was at least an inkling. And then he referred us to a gastroenterologist. So a digestive doctor who did a colonoscopy. And during the colonoscopy, they took some biopsies. And then the biopsies confirmed that I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And that's the cause of the inflammation. Wow. So What's interesting about your journey is that once you started thinking about it, you realized that you actually had symptoms in childhood. And it's interesting how our family, because we are not familiar with these things, will say, oh, you just have a sensitive stomach. And no one thought throughout the entire journey, like, let's get this checked out. She seems to have a really bad sensitive stomach. 
And even till you got to college, realizing that this bout, specifically the one that led you to seek help, was very different than previous ones. And I think there's something to be said about listening to our bodies. So what does it mean for you to actually listen to your body? Oh, I love that you asked that question because this is something I work with, you know, I've worked with for myself, but also work with my clients on all the time. So it's literally, it's taking a step back for me. And this is a daily practice, taking a step back and just tuning into what my body needs. And sometimes I'll literally ask it, Hey body, what do you need from me right now? And wait for the answer. And So for me, it's about being an advocate for my body and what it needs. And that's a constant. And that's a huge part of what's helped me to heal um, along my journey. I love that you share that because I think that we are not necessarily taught to listen to our bodies. Mm -hmm. And when we take the time to listen to our bodies, we can recognize that our body is actually telling us a lot about ourselves. So I don't have Crohn's, but I know for me, um, I realized that eating meat wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it came about as of um, a family member getting diagnosed with cancer and multiple family members getting diagnosed with cancer and me saying, you know what, something we all have in common is the food we eat. So let's start looking into that. And mm-hmm. then realizing that when I started thinking about it that way, and I thought about how my body felt after I ate certain foods and things of that nature, then doing some digging and saying, well, what would it mean if I ate for my blood type and looking at what that looks like and the diet that I should apply to my blood type, mm-hmm. it totally aligned with what I was already working and leaning towards. And now I'm pescatarian and it's, I feel like I have way more energy. I get way more things done. I don't feel sluggish like I did when I did eat meat. And it's really just interesting because when we take the time to just listen and do a little bit of digging, we can find out so many things. So I say all of that to say, how has diet now played into what it is that you've learned on this journey of healing yourself? Mm. It's a very interesting question. I love it because um, it's a supercharged topic in the gut health community. Um, Sometimes I feel like, you know, every other week, another diet is popping up or, you know, I'll have prospective clients who come to me saying they've tried 15 different diets. And I get it because I was literally in the same place. And my personal viewpoint is that diet plays a huge role. Um, It's the foundation of health, of healing. It gives you the building blocks that you need, especially if you're in a place of heavy inflammation and you need to repair. But what that looks like is so individual. And I know people sometimes get really annoyed by like, oh gosh, here we go with that again. But it's actually true, right? You were able to tune into the fact that your body needs to eat based on its blood type. For me, it's very intuitive eating. It's just tuning into what my body wants on that particular day at that particular time. And some days, you know, I'm very hungry and I'm eating a lot of food. And other days it's it's, my body wants to go much lighter. Um, And the types of foods can vary too. For someone else, it might look more like paleo. You know, some people do really great on that. So on protein and vegetables. For someone else, it might be vegan Um, and everything in between. So it does play a role, but it's just, it's that fine tuning that I've found is so, so important because when we're able to give our body what it needs in terms of food, in terms of not just nutrients, but the actual foods, because 
it can get so specific as, for example, if there's, um, let's say grief, right? Something really sad is happening in life or there was a loss or something like that. There are specific foods to support that process, which can be incorporated. So diet can be so vast and it can be so medicinal. And when we realize that food is medicine, I think that's such a game changer, you know? Um, and so part of my mission is helping people to tune into what it is that their body needs and being able to then advocate for themselves. Because when you can do that, then you're working with your body and you're helping your body repair as opposed to trying to fight against it. And I know I've been in that place where it's just like, okay, this, you know, expert says that that must be the best thing. So I'm just going to do that and not, you know, not really think about it or not really feel into what's happening and taking it to the point where it's it's almost a control thing. And then that's where it can become a little bit of a problem and it can feel too restrictive. Whereas when we're in a place where we're able to give our body what it needs, it actually feels really good um, because we have more energy, we have more ability, we have more confidence in what we're doing and because we, we're feeling it work. I love that you bring that down that way because I think that advocating for oneself is huge mm -hmm. and I always say that people believe some I think people think that they need permission to do so and so I always say well here's your permission if you needed permission to do it here it is and so for those who are dealing with any form of inflammation irritable bowel or any form of um, Crohn's as it falls under that um, I would encourage you to just seek out help at this point. Like as you're hearing this and Dr. Sylvie sharing her journey, if this sounds familiar, the mouth sores, the diarrhea, the just the discomfort and people constantly telling you, you just have a sensitive stomach. I would encourage you to go a little bit deeper. So if you needed a sign, here is your sign. Because one thing I know for sure is that it's not until we advocate for ourselves that we can get the answers. If we leave it up to everyone else, we're just going to be going with the flow and we may never get the answers we really need or want. And so when we use our voice to advocate for ourselves, we're in a position to do so. So Dr. Sylvie, how would you say your background in medicine, did it help or hinder your um, recovery? Because um, I know you actually went with more alternative forms of medicine than the traditional ones for your healing journey. That's a great question. So it, I would say honestly, both. So it did help because I had a deep understanding of how the human body works, right? The types of medication that I was being offered, the side effects, the, um, the surgeries that I needed to have, right? Why I was having these surgeries. I was able to understand all of those things, which was great. So, you know, that was helpful on that end. But I think at some point for me personally, because of my background in medicine, there was a bit of blind faith. And so I implicitly was like, okay, whatever medicine I need, I'll take it. You know, diet doesn't really play a role was something that I was told quite often by my GI doctors. And I later realized that that's just not true. Um, and so I believed it. Right. And so it got to a point where I was just having multiple surgeries. I was in and out of the hospital. I was struggling. I wasn't able to get into remission. And then I was on this one particular medication and I was at about eight times the normal dosage. And something in my head said, this is not okay. Like one of the side effects of this medication is actually lymphoma type of cancer. 
that doesn't sit well with me. And between that and having to have yet another surgery, I remember lying on the table in the operating room, looking up at those nauseating lights for the nth time. And I just decided, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I prayed, I, you know, whatever you want to call it. I just threw out a wish and I was like, I will do anything, whatever it takes. I will do it. I cannot go through this anymore. And that's looking back. What I say was the moment where I drew my line in the sand and I was like, uh-uh, not me, no more. And then that led me into finally at that point, this was after I'd say nine to 10 years of struggling that I was like, okay, maybe I can actually make some dietary changes. So I started to play with my diet and I started to, you know, go seemingly simple now. Um, at that point, it felt like a big deal, but I started going gluten-free and I felt, oh, wow. Okay. I'm less bloated. Um, I feel a little bit more energy. Okay, maybe something's actually shifting here. And I still remember, you know, talking to my doctor about it and they pretty much dismissed me. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was still kind of playing with things on my own in terms of diet and food and things like that. And then I wound up finding an acupuncturist and all of a sudden it was like this light was illuminated. She would talk to me about not just body systems, but energy that runs through the body, which is kind of like blood flowing through the body, right? Or electricity that's in your home. It has to be free flowing in order for you to feel well. And anyone who is sick, who has, you know, some sort of physical symptom, even not necessarily a diagnosis, there's some blockage of energy. And she would talk to me about that because I'd pick her brain. I was just like, I was like, okay, how does all of this work? You know, what do you mean it's holistic? What do you mean you're looking at the body as a whole? What does that mean? And then she'd talk to me about emotions and their link to certain symptoms. You know, she'd feel my pulse and she'd ask, are you frustrated today? Are you angry today? I'm like, how do you know that? And she would explain what that meant and supportive foods and combining the seasons and the you know, the different types of energies that are out in the world along with your body's energy. And all of a sudden it just, I was voracious for this. I was like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And I learned so much in that sense. And it took me, you know, a while from that point and starting to learn to finally realize that, wait a second, as I started to heal myself, as I started to not just learn more, but implement so many more things, um, meditation, you know, yoga, mindful movement, um, stress management things, but food as well, and really started to do a deeper look inwards and started to, you know, look at what are my patterns? What are the emotions that are coming up that I'd never processed, you know, for n years along the journey and started to face all of those. I started to feel better and better and better. And then I realized, because I'd stepped away from medicine by this point, because I was just so sick and um, I knew I needed time for myself. Then I was like, wait a second, I think there's really something here. I've learned how to get myself to remission and I've learned so much that can translate to other people. What if other people didn't have to suffer like this? What if there was more that they could access that they're not being told? So then I went into school for health coaching and... Um, you know, here we are today, you know, to put all of the pieces together. It was just, it's been amazing. And I'm still learning. I appreciate that. I truly believe that some of the best coaches have been students, right? When the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. And sometimes you then in turn become the teacher. And I really appreciate that because when you 
think about um, what you've gone through and sometimes how doctors treat things they don't go through and don't have any revelation of. Nothing against the profession, but it does say that we are practicing medicine. So it is still a practice. There isn't, even if you have all the degrees in the world, I don't think there's a higher level of expertise to um, you're going to ever get to the highest level of expertise. You would be like the leading um, doctor in this field, but there's still so much to be learned. And I think being open to that learning and then also having been and on the other side of it and experienced it, I think it makes for a better combination of being able to support, empathize and be compassionate to your patients. And now for you, your clients, and it's just like if a doctor has never gone through cancer, but yet they treat cancer patients, if that doctor ever had to go through cancer, they would be a completely different doctor than treating cancer patients. So I really appreciate the fact that you said that it was kind of a two-sided piece there. What do you think was the biggest turning point? Was it going um, to the acupuncturist? Was it being just on that table in the operating room? What do you think were the this the number one turning point because it sounds like it was the operating table but then it also sounds like you had like another aha what kind of elevated the everything that you were feeling because it's almost like trusting your intuition you knew there was more to it absolutely absolutely i feel like for me you're right that it's kind of those two moments but the operating table moment for me was rock bottom that was literally i have nothing left to lose i'm not only on these high crazy doses of medication that I'm not okay with. But I, at that point felt I had no energy. I didn't feel good. I, I lost my dignity because of just what was happening to my body at that point in time. And I was just like, okay, this, no, no, absolutely not. Like I refuse to lose anything more to this disease enough. And then coming full circle to the acupuncturist's office, for me, that was the light bulb moment where it was just like, oh my gosh, what? Like it just showed me a whole world that I didn't even know existed. Um, so yeah, if that makes sense, that's that's kind of how I would look at those two. It definitely makes sense. And I could definitely see that being the next aha, because you were already open. You were open because you said this could not continue. So I think sometimes our guard has to be down for God to then be able to go, okay, now I can show you what I've been trying to show you. So I really um, appreciate you saying that that was bottom, but then this was the aha and that became kind of the catalyst. So how did mindset change in regards to what you knew and had been training for versus what you were dealing with? How did that now become the shift and you then start seeing this manifest in your life and the essence of you changed your mindset and now you're on the road to healthy. So quite simply, the mindset shifts were everything, like everything, you know, because I was totally in this place of victim mentality, you know, of somebody fix me, somebody rescue me, somebody do something, you know, um, and, you know, I was fighting against this illness, I was fighting against this disease. And so it was very interesting, you know, that dynamic that I was in, and it took 
that deep, deep work, that deep introspection to realize, you know, where perfectionism was playing a role, for example, right? Where victim mentality was playing a role. Now, how does all of this get to shift? And of course, a gazillion other patterns, right? What did I pick up from my mom? What did I pick up from my dad? Now, how can I now start taking responsibility for my own experience? And going deeper, how do I get to the point where I can disentangle myself, for me personally, again, disentangle myself from this identity as a woman with Crohn's, right? Nowadays, I when I talk to prospective clients, I'll say I had Crohn's. I don't even use present tense anymore. And I remember the first time I said that on a call to a prospective client and she was like, wait, hold on, what? You said had, I said, yeah, I said had. She's like, that's possible? said, yes, because when you're able to disentangle to the point that you realize that, yes, this disease entity has been a part of me, it's been a part of my life, but it's not my life. It's not who I am. It's not what I offer to the world. That then starts to move you into a place of empowerment. And then you're able to see life from a different vantage point, right? And that starts to open more up. And once I started to do that more and more and more, I started to realize that this disease process had less and less and less power over my life and less and less of a need to be so aggressive and active. Um, and it got to the point where it was just Crohn's as an afterthought, like I don't even think about it anymore. And that then started to open up, wait a second, okay, what are some of the things that I would actually love to do? Because I'd been a place of survival mode for years. Then I got to a place where I was able to, you know, kind of get through the day, do the things I needed to do, and that was pretty much it. But all of a sudden, I had this time where I realized, wait a second, I'm not just in remission, but I've been in remission for a while now. Maybe I can actually travel somewhere. Maybe, you know, even before that, maybe I can actually go out with my friends and not have to worry where the nearest bathroom is. You know, maybe I can actually take a road trip. Maybe I can explore. All of a sudden, all the things that I could never do for years and was just wishing for and hoping for, but not really hoping for, were all on the table. And that has shifted everything where now it's kind of like life gets to be like play. You know, it's what do I want to do? what what would feel amazing and I can just do that with full confidence with full strength with full knowing that I've got me I really appreciate that breakdown because it sounds like from what you're saying once you shifted your mind around the disease having you um and really thought about it from the perspective of like this disease does not control me and I am still who I am because I have many things to give to this world and to this life. That has been something that's been so game changing because when we when we think the disease has us, there comes a level of limiting beliefs that come along with that. Some of them are your reality, but then some of them are limiting beliefs. And to your point, it also then becomes about being the victim of it and not being able to be in a season of thriving from it. So I really appreciate you speaking to the ability to shift your mindset and the language around it, because language matters. We speak things into existence and we live a life where you can have what you say, especially if you're doing the work. So you are on your healing journey. You are speaking that you had it. You're speaking to other people and showing them what is possible, which opens and shifts their mindset around it as well and removes those limiting beliefs and now gives you the world as your oyster, as they say. So that's really, really good. So what's something now that your clients um, recognize? What's like one of the biggest things that they recognize 
once they're worked with you and their bodies are in remission? Yeah, I mean, I would say they start to realize that there is so much stronger than they thought. Um, you know, whether it is bringing something into fruition, whether it is being capable of having a tough conversation or instituting boundaries or physically doing something, they start to realize that they have this deep inner strength that comes that they didn't even know they had. And it's different than that strength that's like, fight, 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 push, push, push. It's a very different kind of strength. It's more of a, a knowing and ease and they wind up in touch with their, I guess it's a really their intuitive sense, right? That's guiding them and they're able to trust it. And that's the biggest, biggest piece. That's really good, especially because I feel like we all need something or someone to let us know, like, you really, you have this in you, like, you can do this. And especially when you're sick and you feel your weakest, that person to be on the sideline saying no get up you got this and then and they start seeing that within themselves that's got to be wildly encouraging on a personal level but then even for those looking around you in your life and your family seeing you overcome it has to be encouraging to them as well so on your website you share eight tips for easing crumbs do you mind sharing three of those tips today and anyone who's dealing with this, I highly encourage you to visit Dr. Sylvie's website. She's going to share that at the end, but I would love it if you could share three tips today about what people can start doing to ease it. Absolutely. Um, so if you're struggling and you're in a place where, you know, you're having a lot of pain, a lot of inflammation, one of the first things I would say is, if you haven't tried, bone broth is absolutely fantastic. Whether all you can do is sip some bone broth or you can add it to soups, um, it has a lot of the building blocks that your gut needs to repair itself. And so that is absolutely fantastic. Um, another one I would say, believe it or not, this is not food related, but it's learning to say no. And I can't tell you when I've given people permission to say no, just how liberating that feels for them, because it's creating more space for you. So what I mean by that is, you know, you have 57 obligations, right? You've got to do this for the kids. You've got to go to the grocery store. You've got to pick up something. You know, you've got to, you have all of these things on your to-do list. Can you say no to even a few of those? allowing your body to just start to rest a little bit because you don't, you're not in this place of chasing. So that's a huge one. And so many women, I work predominantly with women, tell me they struggle to say no. And so if you need that permission, consider this your permission. Um, and the other thing is um, having family support. And what I mean by that is not, you know, the well-meaning family members, and I've had these myself, who are like, have you tried this? Or you should do this? Or maybe, you know, if you stop complaining all the time, not that. Truly supporting you as to what you need. Um, and being able to support you in that, even if it looks different than what they might be used to. Let's say you want to implement a different diet change, or you want to try, you know, something that, you know, you feel is actually right for you hey, I could really use your support with this, you know, and having them support you in that way can be beautiful. And the flip side of that is also allowing them to help you. 
I know some people are very, you know, some of my clients are very particular about, I like it done this way, or I like that. Let's say, um, you know, your partner offers to wash the dishes for you and you're used to doing it a certain way. This is a real life example from my life. So, <laughs> and it has to be done this way, or I prefer doing it this way. What if you were to just let go and let them do it their way and just relax instead? I love that. I, I am of the same background and ministry of no. So I always tell people I sit on the board. I am on the team of boundaries and advocating for self and saying no, because saying no to other things allows you to say yes to yourself. And what that looks like in our lives is not living in a state of overwhelm, not overcommitting, and also that area of worry. And all these things impact our digestive health and we don't think about it enough, but Worry is really big on digestive health. My mom um, always can tell she's a retired nurse practitioner. And whenever people say they have stomach issues, she her number one question is, are you a worrier? And some people will say no, some people say yes. But then when they think about it, they'll say, yes, I actually am. And my mom is, it's in my family, everyone is. So they learned being a worrier from childhood. And that's why they actually have been dealing with these issues. But to your point, if you say no, you let it go, you don't worry about it, and you actually begin to allow others to help you, which is also a form of self-care. Social support is a form of self-care. Having people in your life that you can be your 100% self with your guard down, loving on you, you loving on them, advocating for you, you advocating for them. That's a form of self-care. And we don't see it that way always. And we think self-care has to be superficial, but everything Dr. Sylvie has shared are ways we self-care. Mindfulness eating with the bone broth, that's a way to self-care and being able to use your voice and have permission and saying no. Saying no is a huge form of self-care. So I really appreciate you sharing those three points. What's something you want someone to take away from today's conversation? I think the deepest thing I would love for, you know, someone to be able to hear is that the answers that you need to repair your gut, to get your life back on track, to bring your dreams to fruition, they all lay deep inside of you. And, you know, it's like we were talking about earlier, we're not taught to access those answers. We're not encouraged to access those answers, but they're there. And when you work with someone or you have someone who can help you to access those answers, now all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat. You're in control of your own life. You know what to do. You know how to get things done. You learn to trust your body and you really, really learn to trust yourself on a deep level. And that opens up everything, in my opinion. Absolutely. Thank you so much much for that. Thank you for being here today, Dr. Sylvie. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you online, on social media? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So you can absolutely go to my website. It's www.drselvi.com. So D-R-S-E-L-V-I.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at dr.selvi.coach. And I'm on Facebook using my full name, Selvi Vasudevan. Um, those are the best places. I would love to hear from you if you have, you know, any questions or anything came up for you. Um, know that I'm here. Awesome. So, guys, I really hope you guys got 
something out of today. There were so many gems dropped and Dr. Sami is a great resource, especially as it relates to this topic, this season of body matters. And as it relates to women with Crohn's, that's not something we hear a lot of conversation around in podca podcasting world. So I would love it if you guys can drop in the comments what you got from today's episode, what was your biggest takeaway, and definitely connect with Dr. Sylvie offline and allow her to support you as you are recovering, going into remission, or even just finding out and you need some guidance, definitely connect with her. She's a great resource. So thanks for tuning in today to another episode of the WellFit Lab podcast. And until next time, it's your girl Shia Thousand here. We'll see you then.